Welcome to the May podcast from the Stevenson Howard Pensions Law Team. You can subscribe and listen on iTunes and Stitcher or by visiting our Pensions Hub at www.pensionshub.com. I'm Naim Noor and I've counsel in the Pensions Team and I have with me Julia Cooper who is an associate in our Pensions Team. Today we are covering a number of topics including a range of new guidance notes from the Pensions Regulator. These cover LDI, equality, diversity and inclusion, value for money, employer-related investments and ESG. We will also be considering the regulator's most recent corporate plan. Thanks, Naeem. For our first topic, we will consider recent guidance by the regulator for trustees on steps they should be taking when using leveraged LDI. The regulator reminds trustees that the investment of scheme assets remains ultimately the responsibility of the pension scheme trustees. Trustees must ensure they have robust processes in place to ensure their scheme is resilient to market shocks. There are four main areas trustees need to consider. The first is investment strategy. Trustees should review their investment strategy on a regular basis as well as where there have been significant changes to the scheme's circumstances or market conditions. Trustees should consider the advantages and disadvantages of LDI in the wider context of the scheme. Whilst LDI is useful for managing volatile funding deficits, trustees must be aware that it will require the scheme to maintain a certain level of liquidity to meet collateral calls. Secondly, Trustees should consider collateral resilience. Trustees should ensure that any LDI arrangements they are invested in are resilient to short-term adverse market changes. The regulator notes that in addition to the operational buffer operated by the LDI fund, an LDI arrangement should also have a market stress buffer of at least 250 basis points. Thirdly, trustees should consider governance. Trustees need to understand the role and responsibilities of their advisors in respect of LDI and ensure that the level of delegation and monitoring is appropriate and set out clearly in service contracts. The final area for consideration is monitoring. Trustees should ensure processes are in place for monitoring the resilience of the LDI arrangement. The guidance reminds trustees of the importance of their investment obligations. If trustees are invested in or considering investing in LDI, they will need to ensure they understand both the benefits and risks involved at the outset and on an ongoing basis. The regulator clearly expects trustees to keep this under consideration and ensure that such investments remain appropriate for the scheme. Trustees should ensure that they clearly document the decisions they make around LDI investment as evidence that a proper process and appropriate consideration has been undertaken. Thanks, Julia. We're now moving from LDI to EDI. The regulator has issued guidance on improving equality, diversity and inclusion or EDI amongst trustees. The guidance is aimed at employers and trustees and looks to improve EDI in the appointment of trustees. 
The regulator recommends that trustees keep up to date with training on EDI and develop and maintain an EDI policy covering an agreed definition of EDI, the EDI aims of the trustees and an EDI training plan. The Chair of Trustees should also play a key role in promoting EDI. Trustees should be setting out EDI objectives and goals at the start of the scheme year and review how they consider EDI is being embedded into meetings. Any performance assessment of the trustees or advisory firms should include how well EDI is and continues to be embedded into processes. When appointing advisors and service providers, trustees should consider how they can promote inclusive discussion and decision making. The regulator provides a number of questions that trustees can include in tenders for providers and advisors regarding EDI. When employers are appointing trustees, they should consider widening the pool of candidates to include those outside of senior management positions. Many schemes may be reviewing their policies and appointment processes as part of their single code of practice compliance review. It may therefore be the optimum time to consider EDI and ensure that any policies are updated to take into account the regulator's expectations in this area. On the 21st of April, the regulator published its corporate plan for 2023 to 2024. Of particular note is that it provides that the defined benefit funding code will now be delayed from October 2023 until April 2024. The plan also indicates that the regulator will significantly increase its focus on the quality of outcomes in DC schemes. This plan details the activities that will deliver this change. The plan pursues five strategic objectives, being that members' money is secure and they receive good value for money, that decisions made on behalf of savers are in their best interests, that the market innovates to meet savers' needs and the regulator is a bold and effective regulator. The industry considered that the initial time frame for the funding code was ambitious, against a backdrop of discussions over the role that the regulator should take regarding the supervision and regulation of pension schemes and their use of LDI, it is perhaps not surprising that this has been pushed back. The pensions regulator is also undertaking a new initiative to check that savers in defined contribution schemes are benefiting from new rules that require trustees to assess whether they are delivering value for their members. Under the initiative, the regulator will be checking that trustees of DC schemes with assets under management of less than 100 million are complying with new value for member regulations that came into force in October 2021. The regulator has stated that it will take a data-led approach in order to contact selected schemes about their value for member assessment, including those that have indicated that they have failed the assessment. The regulator will then check that trustees have plans in place to improve their assessments. The regulator notes that where improvements in compliance cannot be evidenced, the regulator will ultimately expect trustees to wind up and consolidate into what it considers to be a better-run scheme. The regulator has also published new guidance reminding trustees and employers of the restrictions around using scheme funds for employer-related investments and the risk of criminal sanctions. This guidance reminds trustees that not more than 5% of the market value of pension scheme assets 
may be invested in employer-related investments. Furthermore, it reiterated that certain types of employer-related investments are absolutely prohibited, such as transactions at an undervalue and loans or guarantees to any employer. The consequences of breaking the rules include a £5,000 fine for individuals and £50,000 for companies, or imprisonment, or both. Trustees and employers must also report employer-related investment breaches to the regulator and disclose details in the annual report. The regulator felt that additional guidance was required because of an increasing number of recent cases involving employer-related investments. These included the trustees of the Focus Play Retirement Benefits Scheme, the former owner of Norton Motorcycles Limited and two directors of Eastman Staples Limited. In each case, the trustees had made prohibited employer-related investments or loans and the sentence was a custodial sentence or suspended custodial sentence plus repayment to the scheme. Thanks, Julia. For our final topic, we will consider a blog published by the regulator emphasising the importance of trustees complying with their ESG and climate reporting duties in 2023. The regulator will check that trustees of schemes with 100 or more members have published a statement of investment principles which details the policies for how a scheme invests, including consideration of financially material ESG factors. These trustees must also publish an implementation statement, which shows how the principles in the Statement of Investment Principles have been implemented. The regulator expects to see compliance in this area improve and is warning trustees with in-scope schemes that enforcement action may be taken if they fail to comply. In relation to climate change, the regulator wants to see trustees of all in-scope schemes publish their annual climate change report and to provide the web address for that report in their scheme return. Further, it expects trustees to have regard to the Department for Work and Pensions guidance and report on a new portfolio alignment metric and where trustees are reporting for the second time, consider scope 3 emissions. The regulator reminds trustees that where there is a failure to comply with the publication requirement, it must impose a mandatory penalty. The minimum is £2,500 for individual trustees and where the trustee is a corporate body, the maximum is £50,000. The regulator emphasises that more focus on outcomes with regards to climate change is crucial and suggests trustees consider developing a climate action plan setting out what actions, if any, they expect to take and when. That's all for this month's podcast. Further detail can be found in our May snapshot, which is available on our Pensions Hub at www.pensionshub.com. You can listen to this podcast again and subscribe to the series on iTunes or Stitcher or on the Pensions Hub.